Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast? If you have, the best answer for doing one is Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, posting, and distributing your podcast. Anchor is available to download for your Apple or Android devices, or you can go to anchor.fm. Best of all, it's 100% free and so easy to use. So what are you waiting for? If you want to start your own podcast, download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. Anchor, the best way to make your podcast. is the Mofobo Network Podcast, bringing you the most up-to-date news in the wide world of sports. Now, here's your host, Neil Villapiano. All right, well, thank you to my good friend Jimmy Fanizzi of the Bottom Line Podcast for that awesome intro. I'm sure I hope you guys enjoy it. Let me know what you think on social media and all that. But welcome, everybody, to the second episode of the Mofobo Network Podcast. And we have a lot to get through here today. As today, we are going to be talking about the NFL free agency, which has been going on for about a week and change now. It started last week and there were a lot of big time moves that we definitely are going to be discussing and fortunately for me I am not alone today I have my first guest on the show and it is my good friend who is a huge Devils fan and also a huge a huge and unfortunately suffering New York Jets fan and that is my good friend Mr. Sean Harrington Sean how you doing today my friend I'm doing just great. Day off from school, ready to talk some ball. Thanks for having me. Of course, glad to have you on. And uh, you know, how's um, how's online school been treating you so far? It's uh, so weird. I've never taken an online class before, but yeah. uh, it's interesting. Can't wait to finish the semester. Get out of there. Yeah, know? just try to move on. It's it's definitely a weird period for for all of us, no doubt. So let's let's jump right into the NFL free agency. And the first move we're going to talk about is not a signing. But a trade, as the the Houston Texans had thrown out a rumor, and there was a rumor going around the beginning of that day, uh, which was last Monday or Tuesday, I believe it was, um, when they said that they were interested and willing to trade away DeAndre Hopkins. And I said, there's no way that's happening. Like, this is ridiculous. If he's going to go anywhere, it's going to be the Patriots, because the Patriots always do stuff like this. They trade away, you know, low-tier picks to get – you know, a big name guy like this and blah, blah, blah. But there's no chance it's going to happen. Oh, it, it happened all right. As the Arizona Cardinals announced that they had traded to the Texans, David Johnson. So I said, hmm, that's a little weird. I guess I guess that means Kenyon Drake's getting the big load uh, of carries. I know that he had just signed uh, the transition tag, I believe, with Arizona. And then maybe five minutes later, I'm told – no, the Houston Texans have just traded DeAndre Hopkins in the David Johnson deal to Arizona. I said, oh, no. The, the Cardinals, the Arizona freaking Cardinals just got DeAndre Hopkins. And I was like, what did they give up other than David Johnson? 
And they got all they got was a 2020 second round pick and a 2021 fourth round pick. And the Arizona Cardinals got a fourth round pick back, including DeAndre Hopkins. And Sean, I gotta tell you, when I saw this, I said, if Bill O'Brien should have should have already been fired after that collapse in the playoffs last year. This is a fireball offense times infinity. I mean, this is ridiculous. How do you trade away your best player possibly in franchise history to any team for pennies on the dollar? Sean, this was a move that I just didn't see how it made any sense whatsoever. Neither did I, Neil. And honestly, I I was completely baffled by it. And the worst part is Houston didn't even get a first-round pick for it. That's mind-boggling. That's that what goes to show you how bad that team is run, but with uh, with Bill O'Brien. I mean, I can understand you need a running back because you were running with Carlos Hyde and maybe a little bit of Duke Johnson. But how? How do you trade DeAndre Hopkins, the best, arguably the best receiver in football? There you go. I mean, it's, I, I don't I, I can't answer that for you, Sean. I mean, I look at it from Arizona's perspective and I say, you know, that's a team that's on the rise, that's building, that definitely has some weapons, and they just got their number one receiver for nothing. Even if even if they are able to get a deal done after this season with Hopkins, which I think that they probably will, but if they don't, they didn't trade very much for him. They gave yeah. up very little. Yeah, and let's also say they have Larry Fitzgerald, they have Christian Kirk, yep. Kyler Murray looked awesome last year. He was obviously going through some rookie slumps, but he looked pretty damn good. Right. And they have a top 10 pick in a deep O-line draft. Their O-line was pretty, pretty bad last yeah. year. Definitely look for them to draft an O-line, and I would be very scared if I was in the NFC West. Yeah, I did. that's a team that's definitely going to make a lot more noise this year. And you know darn well that Kyler Murray is going to put up even bigger numbers with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins who catches literally everything that's thrown at him. He's not a guy that's going to always go up and try to get the one-handed grab. He's always going to try to make the full catch, get the ball in his hands, and help out. That's that's why Deshaun Watson, one of the reasons, in my opinion, that Deshaun Watson has developed as much as he's been able to because of the reliability that Deshaun Watson, that uh, excuse me, DeAndre Hopkins has. But now for for you know, Deshaun Watson, I mean, who, who do you have left that uh, on that team weapons wise that you can, uh, Will Fuller? I mean, he's got to stay healthy. That's the thing. If he doesn't stay healthy, who, I mean, I know that there, this is a big wide receiver class this year with, with guy with guys like, you know, Judy, but are the Texans really going to do that? Like, is that what they're going? And you're Deshaun Watson. You got to be sitting there saying, where the hell is this team going? Exactly. It's yeah. just, it's wild. And that, that was the first big bombshell of the day. Uh, another move I think that was, that was really big that, that we should definitely talk about is that the Los Angeles Rams just decided without any hesitation that they were going to release and move on from Todd Gurley. Now, Sean, I got to tell you, I love Todd Gurley. I know he's been dealing with injuries. I know he's not the same running back, and running backs come at a dime a dozen, and and I get all that. But at the same time, you have a guy like that that still has a lot of talent and still has a lot of upside, and you just let him go. I know your cap situation has been atrocious because you decided to give all the money in the world to Jared Goof, 
or excuse me, Jared Goff, um, all of that money. And now you're just saying, no, we're just going to get rid of people. And Todd Gurley wasted no time signing a one-year $6 million deal with the home with his hometown team, the Atlanta Falcons. So, Sean, you know, what, what, is, your, what is your take on that type of move? Uh, well, I'm going to start by saying what I can understand the Rams' point of view to this. He was making a lot of money. Didn't really he he produced last year a little bit, but they overworked him the year they went to the Super Bowl. He was getting carry after carry, and he got injured during the playoffs, which caused him to miss some of the Super Bowl yeah. with his knee. So they definitely overworked him. Yep. He wasn't. He was probably playing injured last year. Let's let's face it. You're probably right. So it it makes sense. They cut him, save some money, and I don't even know who their backup running back is. But mm-hmm. great for the Falcons, man. I was I was looking at something on Twitter the other day. The projected offense for the Atlanta Falcons is made up of all first round picks. Yep. I mean, they got a team that. You know, they've been dealing with injuries the last two years, particularly on that defensive side. And now that they're going to be fully healthy and ready to go, I think that's a Falcons team that can bounce back in that division that's already added some pretty interesting pieces that we'll get to in just a few minutes. Um, but it's it that's a Falcons team that just got a whole lot better with a solid offensive line, I might add, uh, for with, with Todd Gurley. So uh, I'm in, I'm intrigued and very excited to see how it pans out for him in this one-year prove-it deal. Now, another trade that happened that was big was that the Minnesota Vikings, clearly they were looking to move on from Stephon Diggs. He, he wanted out. He wants to play somewhere else. It's a fresh new start. He posted a cryptic tweet early in the day of the first day of, of free agency and said, you know, oh, it's time for a new beginning. And everybody was like, whoa, what does this mean? Where is he going? Does he already know something? Well, it turns out, that later on that night, it was announced that Stefan Diggs had been traded to the Buffalo Bills along with a 2027th round pick in exchange for the Vikings first for the Bills first round pick this year, a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick, and a 2021 fourth round pick. And Sean, Stefan Diggs, not at the same level as DeAndre Hopkins, but the freaking Vikings got a king's ransom for Stefan Diggs comparatively to what the Texans got for DeAndre Hopkins. And now the Bills have added a very dynamic number one wide receiver that they needed so that they can help out Josh Allen more on the offensive side. So I got to tell you, I think this is a win-win for both sides on that trade. I was just going to say the same thing. This is perfect for both teams. The Vikings get a Massive boatload of picks, especially that first rounder. I mean, it's going to be like around 20, but still, that's a great pick. And they already have Alan, Adam Thielen, Rudolph, and Dalvin Cook in that offense, so that's good for them. And as a Jets fan, I hate this move because it improves the Bills. Yeah, I was going to um, say, I know you as a Jets fan, you're probably moaning and groaning saying, oh no, here we go. Yeah, I actually kind of wanted Stephon Diggs. There was a few receivers that I actually wanted, but yeah. once I saw Stephon Diggs to the Bills, I was like, "Damn, I'm scared." Hey, you, you know, you, all you got to do as a Jets fan is you got to pray that some of the moves that Joe Douglas uh, made are going to pan out. We'll get to that in just a minute as well. But I mean, you know, we talked about before that this is such a deep draft class for wide receivers that now the Vikings have two first round picks. 
and they have an opportunity, maybe if they can trade, if they want to trade up to try to get one of the top receivers, whether that's Judy or Ruggs or whomever is available to them. And they might not get a player as talented as Stefan Diggs, but a guy that can fill in that same role and just give, you know, Kirk Cousins that weapon back that he'll need. Exactly. Yeah. And also being that, again, this is a deep O-line draft, they could always draft an O-lineman. Right, and that's one of their biggest needs that they have. So now I want to ask you real quickly here before we get to some other big news. I want to ask you, you're a Jets fan. You've been you've been a fan of the Jets your whole life. Obviously, last year with the whole Adam Gase situation, you know, things went from the lowest of the low to a little bit higher. And then, you know, this was that opportunity right here where it says, okay, Joe Douglas, it's your first offseason as the Jets GM. What are you going to do? And Sean, I got to tell you, these moves that uh, Mr. Joe Douglas has made are quite impressive, and they're not big-time moves. He didn't go out and try to get any big-time names. I know that the Jets really wanted Jack Conklin to help out with their O-line, but they ended up you know, not getting him. He ended up going to the Browns, but they got some good pieces. They you know, they signed Josh Andrews. They got Pierre uh, – is it Desir, if I'm not mistaken? Desir. Desir, yes, yep. They uh, added Jordan Jenkins. They were able to bring back Brian Poole. I don't know if they're going to bring back or even interested in bringing back uh, Robbie Anderson. I know he's still a free agent at this time. But when I look at these moves, Sean, I got to say, job well done by Joe Douglas. Absolutely, John. Job well done. And going from what we had in Mike McCagnon, where he would just spend and spend and find holes on the roster, overspend for every free agent – Poorly draft. This is this this guy is doing a fantastic job. And what's even better about this, they're all one year prove it deals. So he's not committing long term any money like he did with Tremaine Johnson. Mm-hmm. Thank God we just cut. But um, yeah, going with Robbie Anderson, I think uh, it's only a matter of time. Uh, I feel like there's mutual interest there. Yeah, and. A low-key signing, Connor McGovern, the center from mm. Denver. That is a low-key, awesome signing. No long-term deal, one-year deal, low money, perfect. And it was a major need from bringing back Ryan Khalil from retirement last year. Yep. God, awful. <laughs> that was <But> rough. <laughs> definitely improvement for Sam Darnold, what we definitely need, and hopefully he can um, progress even further after – this year. Yeah, no question about it. Now, another team that made some moves that I think were good, in my opinion, was the Colts. I mean, they traded and was able to acquire DeForest Buckner from the San Francisco 49ers. They had to give up their first round pick, which is 13th overall. And the Colts also, right after they made the move, they gave Buckner a massive extension worth $21 million per season, which is a huge amount of money. And then they decided to sign in my in my opinion, wink wink, the greatest quarterback of all time in Philip freaking Rivers, and I say that with a smirk, and uh, you know with a little bit of nudge here and there. But they signed Philip Rivers to a one year, twenty five million dollar, fully guaranteed deal, and I think that there's a good chance that the Colts still try to go after a quarterback. I don't know who's available or if you know what they're going to do, but they've upgraded. I would say both on their defensive 
tackle and defensive line position as well as their quarterback position. And they also were able to add Anthony Costonzo and LaRaven Clark to their offensive line, which is arguably, in my opinion, the best offensive line in the NFL. So, Sean, I mean, the, the, the Colts went out and they they needed to fill some fill some holes and, and get some needs, and I think that that's exactly what they did. Yeah, um, I'll start with the Phil Rivers thing. Um, honestly, if I'm going to be honest here, I don't think it'll make that much of a difference. Phil Rivers is clearly declining, and it was only a matter of time till the Chargers decided to move on from him. But um, if uh, Jacoby Brissett wasn't awful, he wasn't bad. I yeah. think Jacoby Brissett is a good backup quarterback in this yeah. league. Not a starter, good backup quarterback. Yep. And, I mean, to be fair, Phillip Rivers did not have a great offensive line last year, so I think there will be slight improvement, but if I'm going to be honest, there won't be uh, much yeah. improvement from the Colts this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at that team and I say, you know, I, I think that they are a fringe playoff team. I think that they are still another year or two away. And unfortunately, because of the situation with Andrew Luck retiring, it kind of made them take a massive step backwards because they weren't prepared for it, obviously. And they, they had to figure out, you know, how to get through it. And I think that uh, Frank Reich has done a tremendous job since being named the head coach of the Colts. And uh, Ballard, the GM, I think has made a lot of really smart moves particularly with building that offensive line, you know, getting guys like New Jersey native Quentin Nelson and, and people like that. So I think that's good. Now, another team, as uh, I'm getting close to talking about the one deal that I'm sure you as a Jets fan was looking for um, and wanting to know as your team prepares to try to see if they can make it and win the AFC East. But before we get to that, let, let's talk really quick about what the Tennessee Titans have done with two players in particular. First of all, without any hesitation, the Titans made it clear that Ryan Tannehill was going to be their quarterback and they agreed to a four-year, $118 million contract that includes $62 million fully guaranteed. And then they decided to place the franchise tag on Derrick Henry and keep him on the team for at least another year. So Sean, what are your thoughts on those two moves? Do you like them? Do you not like them? Should have gone the opposite way? What do you think? No, definitely the smart moves. You want to bring back the guys that were took you to the AFC Championship last year and almost got to the Super Bowl, beat the New England Patriots, and this is what you need. A solid quarterback who just needed a change of scenery. What a move that was last year. Oh, Getting baby. Ryan Tannehill. And unfortunately for you, Sean, that shows you, uh, you know, how good Adam Gase was as a quarterback whisperer. For real. I didn't like, I didn't like him to begin with. And it only goes to prove how much I really don't like him. He meant to but that. Any, but anyway, uh, I think the Titans are definitely going to win that division. Such an easy division now that um, DeAndre Hopkins is gone. I, I still think the Texans will be okay, but I think the Titans will come away with that division. And uh, good for Ryan Tannehill finally getting paid after all those long years in Miami. Yeah, he certainly deserves it. Now, now, what are your what are your thoughts on you know franchising, franchise tagging Derrick Henry? Do do you think that they should have you know tried to get a deal done now, or do you think that it was the right thing to do to tag him this year, try to work out a deal, and maybe take it a year by year basis? I think that's the right move. When you're dealing with running backs and their durability, they're 
really year to year. And Derrick Henry plays such a downhill style of football where he just runs over everybody. He's been in the league for a few years now. He broke out two years ago at towards the end of the season, had a great year last year. Mm. And if he can, can stay consistent, I think he'll get a solid three, four year deal. He's 26 now. He'll turn 27 next year in January. Yeah. So I think if he stays consistent, stays healthy, this will be a great, great fit for the Titans and Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, the Titans, you know, have a very, very good offensive line. Unfortunately, losing Jack Conklin is going to hurt them, and it'll be interesting to see how they fill that void. Like you mentioned, we have a deep draft class when it comes to offensive linemen, so maybe the Titans go that route and try to fill that void. But now we come to probably the most anticipated and biggest move that I think was uh, was looking forward to in this free agency. And as we know that there are, this was one of those year of the quarterback free agencies. There's a lot of guys that are cut, traded, going to new teams and everything. But the one guy that everybody wanted to know right from the jump was that Mr. Tom Brady. Now, Sean, if you told me a year ago that Tom Brady would still be a New England Patriot going into 2020-21, I would have Agreed to 100%, but if you told me that he would be playing for some other team after this past season, I would have told you that there is no way that's going to happen. Tom Brady will is going to stay a Patriot the rest of his career and go from there. Well, that was not the case. As just this next, the second day of freaking free agency, he announced on his Instagram, as only Tom Brady would because he is a he loves the dramatics and loves to screw with people, he decides that he is no longer going to be with the New England Patriots and that he is going to sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it was reported that it is a two-year, $50 million guaranteed deal with up to $4.5 million each year in performance-based incentives. And so, Sean, as a Jets fan, Mr. Tom Brady is no longer in the division. The floor is yours. I think, uh, well, it's always good to see a six-time Super Bowl champion and greatest quarterback of all time leave the team you've grown up hating since you were seven years old. <laughs> but uh, I, if I'm going to be honest, I don't really think it'll make a huge difference. Brady didn't really play that well. And if I'm going to be the side of, in the debate of who needs each other more, does Brady need Belichick more? Does Belichick need Brady more? I'm all for Brady needing Belichick more. Belichick will find some other quarterback out of nowhere, and he's going to win seven Super Bowls and dominate the AFC for 20 years like yeah. Tom Brady did. Of Because, of course. Right. No, I mean, it, you know, I, I look at it as well, and I say I just can't see it working. I think Tom Brady's skills have declined. I think that he is foolish to think that he can play until his mid 40s. And I know his father said months ago that he he expects his son to be possibly the next, you know, George Blanda. And I'm like, it, it's a different time, you know, in football than it was back in the 60s and 70s when it was easy, when, you know, th things like this were more common. But, you know, a two year deal is not a make or break thing for the Bucks. If it doesn't work, it's not like it's going to kill them down the road. They're still going to be able to probably end up paying guys like, you know, Mike Evans and other other and Goodwin and other guys like that. And, you know, Shaq Barrett, they still have to figure out his deal. I know they franchise tagged him, but 
that man needs to be paid top dollar, especially if he has another, you know, MVP like season this upcoming year. But at least this the the Buccaneers know that they are a team that that now is going to be in a win now mode and hopefully they can be competitive. I I don't have a lot of faith in that in that defense other than Shaq Barrett, but they can certainly change my mind. And obviously they let go of Jameis Winston and everything like that. And we also got word earlier today that the Panthers were officially going to release Cam Newton. I know that most likely the Bengals will probably release Andy Dalton. So my question to you, Sean, is this. We have a handful of quarterbacks who have plenty of, you know, starting experience at different levels. And, you know, whether or not their skills are are the same or declining, you know, it doesn't mean anything right now. My question to you is this. Who do you expect to be the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots for at least this season? That's a great question, Neil. And I don't think I could give you a definitive answer because of all of the options that are available to them. They could go to the draft. Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, they just signed Brian Hoyer to try out for the starting job. They have Jared Stidham, who played a little bit last year. Mm. So there's so many options available, but... I was talking to one of my friends today, and I would not be surprised if Cam Newton plays in New England next year. Yeah, I mean, I, that would be um, – I wouldn't necessarily say that would be the perfect place for Cam Newton to go, but it would certainly be a, a good place for him to develop. And you know what? If Cam Newton has a really good season, let's say, and maybe the Patriots are, are relatively successful, maybe the Patriots, you know, you know, keep them long-term. But one thing we know for certain, with Bill Belichick – he always has a plan for everything. And even with this, he has a plan. Nobody's going to boo him. Nobody's going to criticize him for not bringing back Tom Brady, you know, except certain Patriots fans. But at the end of the day, I think that the Patriots and Bill Belichick made the right move to let him go and to move on and, you know, you know, move on to, you know, the next the next phase so to speak. They were able to bring back Devin McCourty on a two-year deal, which I think was very vital. Uh, They also were able to, you know, bring back uh, or extend Matthew Slater, their special teams captain. They added some decent pieces on the defensive side. So, you know, they're just making moves that, you know, in my opinion, I I can't see how they wouldn't work because a lot of time they lost Kyle Van Noy to the rival Miami Dolphins, who also, by the way, gave a huge load of money to Byron Jones, and I don't know about you, Sean, but I didn't expect the Dolphins to be the winners of the Byron Jones sweepstakes. Neither did I, Neil, and if I'm going to be honest, I thought the Jets might be in there because they need a number one corner, but um, it's good that they didn't spend the money, but wow, the Dolphins are really changing their culture under former linebacker coach Brian Flores. Um, It's great to see for the Miami Dolphins fans because after years and years of terrible Adam Gase. They finally get a solid head coach. I know it was a bad season last year. They're going to make a top five pick this year, draft a quarterback. Hopefully, maybe it's Tua. I'm hearing it might be Tua. Hmm. But get a new quarterback in there, change the culture, and wow, this their one year of laughing stock in the NFL goes right. to – so much hope for the future. And let's not forget, they have so many draft picks after yes. trading Laramie Tunsil. They have, I think, two or three first-round picks. I'm not I believe they have two. Sure. I believe they have two. Two. That makes sense. But still, that two first-round picks in yeah. any draft, 
such such help and with a deep o-line draft and wide receiver we keep mentioning that yep definitely help for the miami dolphins yeah and i think i think also they need to look at maybe possibly getting a running back but they could probably wait till the later rounds to get that or just go with what they have and move forward from there so yeah that was you know the the dolphins started the year off obviously winless we were joking saying they were probably going to go winless but Unfortunately for you, Sean, thank you to the New York Jets as they gave the Dolphins their first victory. And, you know, in the second half of the season, they were one of the better teams as they seemed to really enjoy the players did, really enjoy playing under Brian Flores. And so there's a lot of optimism and hope when it comes to that. Now, the last team that we're going to talk about here before we sign off today is we only have a few minutes left is the Las Vegas Raiders, who we all thought was one of those big destinations for Mr. Tom Brady, and it proves to not be the case is it looks like they're going to stick with Derek Carr, but they made a handful of moves on both sides of the ball. They were able to bring in Marcus Mariota on a two-year deal to try to do what Ryan Tannehill did to him, and that is take someone else's job. And they were able to get the best linebacker in the in the free agency market in Corey Littleton. So, Sean, real quick, what do you think of the moves that the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, which is tough, even tough for me now to say, but what do you think of the moves they made? Yeah, it's definitely weird to say the Las Vegas Raiders, but um, I think these are pretty decent moves. I mean, with a terrible defense last year, the Raiders had nobody. After trading Gary on Conley to the Texans, they had nobody. So the Corey Littleton move, I think, is a good move. Um, and as for Mariota, it gives him a chance to uh, compete for that starting quarterback job if Derek Carr doesn't perform like he's um, expected to. But um, I think the Raiders are, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll do okay next year. I think Denver got really good. Yep. The Chiefs are coming off the Super Bowl win. So I'd, I'd figure them the three or four team in the AFC West. Um, but these moves will definitely help them. Yeah, certainly will. But, Sean, it has been a pleasure, my friend, to have you on and talking some NFL free agency. And just before I let you go, could you really, could you really quickly tell us uh, – where the folks at home could follow you on social media? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at sharrington2000. Um, I m- mostly tweet about anything about the Devils and Jets and yep. sometimes the Yankees. Um, but those are where you can find me. I also have a TikTok <laughs> if you want to follow that, sharrington2000. And uh, I post pretty frequently, so you should go check that out. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Sean, and thank you all for listening here on this edition of the Mofobo Network podcast. We do about one or two episodes per week, so check us out here on Anchor FM, and you can download and subscribe to the podcast wherever podcasts are sold. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network YouTube channel. We have a video coming out later on today, which is going to be a lot of fun, and I hope you guys get a chance to check out that as well. And follow me on my social media at NVPQB11 on Instagram and at the MVP show, T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W on Twitter. So thank you all very much for tuning in today. And as always, no matter what's going on in the world, make sure to always kick Mofobo. This is Neil Villapiano and Sean Harrington signing off for now and have a great day, ladies and gentlemen.